Hey cuties, welcome to Cup of Joy the podcast, created to jumpstart your joy, supersize your soul, and provide a sweet space for your own personal growth. I'm your host, Heidi B, certified food and body coach, life coach, personal trainer, and owner of Joyfully Bee, where I'm obsessed with helping people win the food and body battle and reclaim their joy. I'll share with you stories of people who have shifted their junk to joy and struggles into celebrations to live a life that they love. Each episode is guaranteed to lighten lift you up. Because on this show, we'll talk truth about topics that block us from living our best life, how to make your body your bestie, and tons of tasty tidbits to make your own cup of joy overflow. Believe it or not, I once lost my joy, but now it's back, and I'm here to help you find yours on the daily. As my mama bee always says, it's time to put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Ready to start? Let's jam. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest. I have Katie Warner. She's an emotional eating coach, and she helps women claim victory over the diet binge cycle while deepening their purpose, worth, and faith. Hello, Katie. How are you? Hi, Heidi. I am so good. Thank you for having me on your podcast today. I am thrilled to have you here because we are going to touch on subjects of motherhood living intentional in your in your motherhood and all the things that come around with it. So let's just dive right in because I know women are going to really resonate with some of the things we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk a little bit about generational healing, um, living with intention, being in the moment. But let's just start, maybe we were talking a little bit about how you felt a lot of heat trying to create the perfect morning routine. And let's talk about that and the realness Mm -hmm. around that, because I know Mm -hmm. that, you know, in my own coaching experience, I try to encourage a lot of the moms that I work with to really have that certainty and commitment to their routine to try to create trust within themselves. But then in our conversation, it got so juicy because I'll let you tell, but it doesn't always look the way that some of us think. (laughs) No, it certainly doesn't. Um, Of course, establishing some sort of morning routine is really a really nice idea. And (laughs) I I laugh because sometimes something like a morning routine, there's a great intention behind it. It makes perfect sense. It sets the tone for the day. But when you're a mom, and especially with young kids, and I'm referring to motherhood with with infants with toddlers with even preschool age children that's the season that I'm in I have a six-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter I, I don't always have control over how I wake up yes of course I could I I mean I do set my alarm at a particular time every morning but more often than not they wake me up with cries or coming into um, our bedroom and wanting to snuggle. And sometimes it's really sweet and sometimes it just feels abrupt and like I really could have stood 10 more minutes of sleep versus waking up to tend to somebody else. But you roll with the punches and we, like I always set the intention that whatever feels really good for me right away in the morning, if I don't get to do it right away, then I will just come back to it even if it's an hour later or two hours later or three hours later. Yes, it would be ideal to do it 
right away, but just given the sometimes unpredictability with little ones and keeping in mind that sleep is also an important part of functioning mm-hmm. as a mom, that you can give yourself some grace to come back to it. So for me, a really solid morning routine means getting out like a devotional and spending some time um, connecting to God, uh, doing some movement and mobility, turning on some music, whatever's feeling good to me. Oftentimes it's something soft or just even going through things like washing my face or taking a shower and having that intentional time to just check in with what's going on internally. Yes, I love how we were talking a little bit about too how setting the intention to do certain things for yourself is great, but surrendering to the order in which it happens and the mm-hmm. outcome of it and giving yourself that that grace and that space to intentionally have moments for yourself, but it's not necessarily going to look like my morning where I don't have somebody tugging on the covers and and I love that you said there's no control over your very first thought. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For me, well, that's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, there's we're all human. We have absolutely no control over what the very first thought is that pops into our head in the morning and whatever regard or whatever way that you get woken up or wake up on your own. But you do have so much control over what happens next. Yes. And so that's something that I am always working on practicing and those moments where I wake up to the sound of my son coming in and saying, mom, I wet the bed or something like that. Maybe I shouldn't say that. That would embarrass him. It does not happen very often, but something that is not ideal is what I'll say. Then I can initially have that knee-jerk reaction, but then getting back into my body and creating some space, like stepping into that observer role and coming into just a place of compassion and excitement and getting to be a mom and just keeping things in perspective. Yes, absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of parenting yourself through the process. Do you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, through our program, of course, we, Heidi and I went, well, you know, but we went through the Hungry for Happiness Coaches Certification Program together. And we spend a lot of time working on the concept of inner child. Yes. And this isn't the first, that wasn't the first time I had been introduced to that concept, but it was the first time that I'd really dug into it. And for a long time, I would jokingly say, I have three children. I have my two little ones and my husband. And that's meant to be funny, not condescending, but just the fact that he is so good about playing with our kids. And now I can be trying to do all the logistical things and he'll have no problem just sitting on the floor and loving them up. And it's really great. But I'm like, come on, kids, it's time to go. (laughs) I've started to say I have four children. And what I mean by that is my two kids, of course, still joking about my husband, but the fourth kid is myself. Mm. And when I'm feeling triggered or overwhelmed, or I'm running into a belief that just isn't serving me, getting in touch with that 
part of me that often is connected to childhood and allowing that part of me to be seen and heard or whatever need that part of me is really needing a little bit of attention around honoring that and oftentimes it's something like she and I'm it made so weird if I'm sounding if I'm referring to that as third person but I'm just referring to this younger part of me that is feeling like she needs to slow down or play or laugh or move or create or just relax not be so serious all the time and yeah in myself that it is okay to lighten up and and just be in the moment because Absolutely. I think I think a lot of people can resonate with that, Katie, because you get so busy taking care of everyone else's needs that it's easy to forget about your own. And then it ends up that this this younger version of us that that lives in us forever and ever starts having what I would call little temper tantrums. And it can come out Mm -hmm. in many different ways, shapes, and forms, regardless of if you have children or not. It can come out to your loved ones, to your coworkers, to whoever seems to be around you at just the quote-unquote wrong time. And really, it's understanding that there's a need within us that's not being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And so in these moments where we just don't understand why we're so frustrated or or feeling so angry or feeling it's because there's this there's a smaller version of us that isn't having her or his or her needs met at the time mm-hmm. and it comes from experiences that we had as a child when maybe we weren't recognized or given the attention and love that we needed and then it bubbles up and we get lost in parenting everybody else that we forget that we have to take a moment to parent ourselves and fulfill those Mm -hmm. needs. It's so interesting when you think about it. We, as adults, or I should say in our human development, like I think we acquire a, a large portion of our beliefs and our views of the world by the time we're seven years old. And we internalize those into our subconscious. And so, yes, exactly. Like, even though our parents had the best of intentions, when they told us things like, you have to be quiet, be good, kids are to be seen and not heard, Mm. those kind of things, like, we internalize those as just understanding that in order to be safe and loved that we have to suppress our expression and so that's often like really what's what's needing to be let let out and even just bringing it back to emotional eating that has so much to do with restriction far far beyond food it has a lot to do with restriction of pleasure and play and creativity and just those those outlets of expression and connection that we are we are all so hungry for they're very very important parts of our human experience yes i love what you said about you know generational healing and that your parents did the best that they can because it's so true there's those moments where you know your parents never want you to feel pain but the reality is is that we're going to feel pain in our life. We just have to know how to respond to it. So a lot of the times our expression as children and even youth is that we we go to shed some tears when something is hurtful or painful and they try to coddle us and say, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. So we feel now as adults like we're not allowed to cry. 
Yeah, um, it's a sign of weakness, and it's not at all. It's actually a very necessary form of expression to move through pain and to manage our emotions and allow ourselves to heal through our emotionality. So I love that you brought that part up. I was going to say emotion is really just energy in the body. Mm. And I think oftentimes caregivers or parents or adults are uncomfortable themselves with seeing a kid have a tantrum or be really boisterous and loud and of course I've been in this situation too as a mom with my own children and they have to teach us so we're not like out of control in public situations and social situations but there is a line that you have to be careful like if you're constantly telling your child to suppress their expression and quiet their voice and they internalize that as then that they there it's better it's safer Mm -hmm. if they hold that stuff in expressing our emotions is so so important whether it's sadness or anger or joy or whatever it is just allowing yourself to feel that and holding space for that uh, emotion to process is always going to bring you to a other side of like healing and release. Mm, that's so good. That is so good. You know, before we jumped on and pressed record today, you were sharing a really great example of feeling like you should do things versus understanding that you're doing absolutely the best that you can with what you've got. Do you want to share that? Because I think I think a lot of people are will will grow from that experience you had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I was talking about the very specific example of the last couple of days. I've been feeling like I should be at this point in my business or I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And my kids ended up getting sick. They ended up with little colds. And of course, when your kids are sick, your priorities change. You have you have to or you get to tend to them and as a result the the schedule just gets thrown for a loop and I remember rocking my little girl the other night and usually I will say I'm very present that is one of my goals as a mom to just be super present with my kids but I all of a sudden felt overcome with this feeling of oh I don't have time for this right now I have so many things to do mm-hmm. And I just let that be. And so now, a few days later, thank goodness everyone is feeling much better. And I had this realization because I was still holding on to that, this feeling of I should be doing this. I have so much work to do. And all of a sudden, I was like, Katie, if that's what you're telling yourself, mm-hmm. and that's the energy you're operating from, that is what you're going to produce. So we're always pro- we're always proving ourselves right in whatever story it is we're telling ourselves mm-hmm. so if I'm telling myself there's always I always have a ton to do and I should be here of course it's going to come true for me yes and, and this carries over even into motherhood like if I'm feeling time is scarce and I don't have time for myself and it's just so hard of course that's going to be 
what motherhood looks like for you. And of course, I don't know your circumstances or what's going on in everybody's personal life. You, again, do have a lot of control and it ta- it comes down to awareness too. Mm-hmm. Just realizing the stories, becoming aware of the stories that you're telling yourself. But having the the intention to just shift those to something that is going to be a lot more uplifting and feel a lot better. So my new story that after creating awareness shifted to I am exactly where I need to be Mm -hmm. and I am so supported and I have everything it takes. Just more, more, um, thoughts that as time will unfold those are that will be the energy that I embody yes and I love that I love that you brought this up too because I want to make it clear to our listeners we're not saying to lie to yourself right Mm -hmm. we're just Mm -hmm. saying that you need to identify what the real truth is and the real truth is is that if you do look around you are supported if you look Mm -hmm. around you're doing so much in your business in your life as a mother you're already doing enough so you're absolutely right where you need to be right now that is a true story and the one of i should be i could be that wasn't a true story So we get Uh to shift into the story that is true. And thank you for saying the words that you're always proving yourself right. You guys, Uh this is the importance of even if you're getting the tug at the side of the bed at 4 a.m. and you're dealing with having to change the sheets and do the things that you weren't anticipating doing, it's our responsibility to be in the mindset that we need so that we continue can continue regardless of what the day looks like we can continue to look for evidence that supports what we desire for ourselves and whatever that story is i'm i'm right where i need to be that's going to allow you to continue to look for evidence to prove that and then absolutely live in the energy that you're going to feel supported and growing mm-hmm. in so good You know, like you said earlier, you have a lot of say in any situation, but you do get to be mindful, decide how you're going to operate, how you're going to respond. We may not get a lot of say in it, how it comes, but we do get to be mindful and present and aware and decide how we're going to respond. Now, one of my favorite practices is resourcing emotions. Mm, Talk about that a little bit. Talk about that. It all comes down to getting familiar with the feeling of, we'll use safety as an example. So getting familiar with safety and where you feel that in your body. And for most people, it's somewhere around the heart space. Mm -hmm. And even if the idea of understanding what safety feels like in your body sounds very foreign or unfamiliar, it is there. It just takes some getting in touch with it. And once you identify it and you can feel it, you can expand it because what we focus on expands. Mm -hmm. So we tend to like automatically focus on the parts within us that feel very chaotic and stressful and we're always like resisting that Mm -hmm. we're trying to push it away and of course as we know what we resist persists Mm -hmm. but if you can shift your focus to something that feels much more expansive or like safety 
or grounding or calming, then you can expand that into your body and really settle into that felt sense of that visceral safety within your system. It completely changes how you operate. It even takes you out of that like fight or flight um, parasympathetic nervous system response, just that survival into more of a, instead of being so reactive to everything, you can be more proactive Mm. and you're already showing up like grounded and feeling safe in your body. And therefore you get to see things from a much more clear standpoint. Uh, and mo- emotional resourcing, that practice alone, um, I know we both coach on it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if people are listening and, and interested in finding that space within themselves and they can't quite understand here, you know, you can mm-hmm. reach out to us and we can show you what that looks like. And why I love that you brought this up is because we talked about that we've got to take intentional moments for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's one way to do it. There's so many other ways to take intentional moments for yourself. Can you describe a couple ways that you do this? Because I know a lot of people feel busy, feel chaotic, and they're like, I can't do more. I don't want to do more. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. But what do your intentional moments look like? Well, this can vary from person to person depending on your standards. But when I think about the person, the version of me that I want to be, There are a few things that stand out as very important values to me. And one of them is my faith. One of them is nourishment. And that's more of an umbrella term. It can also, that can go into include my faith, but um, also like through nutrition, through movement. And I like to use the word movement versus exercise. We often like attach exercise as more of a, there's nothing wrong with exercise. I love exercise, but I just mean movement. Like I move every day and it doesn't look like a 100% falls to the wall. Like high intensity. It doesn't have to be doing your, yeah, doing your CrossFit, doing your, you know, Zumba class, doing whatever. It can be whatever you want that movement to be. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 100%. Inside Side note, my husband and I own a gym, so obviously I'm very passionate about fitness. It's amazing. (laughs) But movement, for me, like part of my process was giving myself grace to that it has to feel good. Like I'm not going to force myself into a really intense workout or kid myself that I can't push myself harder. I mean, there's both sides of that coin. But just being, again, connected to what feels good for me in that moment. So sometimes movement looks like just turning on some music and dancing. Sometimes it means doing some mobility, stretching, more like a yoga, Mm -hmm. more intense, mindful type movements like that. Mm -hmm. But just taking those moments to do one of those things or more every single day. So nourishment, when I bring it in, food, taking time for myself can mean I'm surrounded by my family and with my kids. But we sit down, we create like a peaceful environment, we put away the distractions, take some mindful breaths to get into the body, and then we eat with full presence Mm. and make it a full body experience instead of just trying to shove food in for the sake of the fact that it's lunchtime and you eat at noon. Far different energy when you're being mindful. And that to me is like being very intentional about taking care of myself. Yes. 
thank you for describing that moment because I think, wow, the, just you described it so beautifully in the sense that it's not, it's not adding or taking things away from your life, right? It's actually just doing whatever you're doing differently with a, mm-hmm. with a specific intention, uh, with a different energy of literally, it doesn't take more time to sit at dinner and take a breath before you step into the meal, to, mm-hmm. to put your phone away during the experience. So it's really setting the stage and being present in the experience that you choose as we go through life. So that, that was so beautiful. Thank you. I'm taking that away. <laughs> yeah. And another example that pops to my mind and it's because I just expressed this to my husband nobody really loves to fold laundry yes. I think that's a pretty safe <laughs> assumption maybe there are some people who really love to fold laundry but I'm not one of them as per my standards however I do fold our laundry within the day that it's washed otherwise it gets thrown into our bed and then like tossed back and forth between our dresser to a bed our bed and you end up like scavenging through wrinkly clothes and it's just it's yeah I shifted that a long time ago but what I'm getting to is that one of the ways I have enhanced that experience and made it really fun is to just look at my heap of laundry turn on a podcast or some sort of like spiritual development or sermon or music, something that is really fun for me to listen to and make that experience of folding the laundry way more fun and mindful. And I'm taking in like some music or content that is really enhancing the experience for me. Oh my gosh, this is this is so, so good. Again, it's going back to those intentional moments. My intention is, I got to get the laundry done, right? Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But I can enhance any situation that I put myself in if I decide to. And I do the same thing. I just started doing this with laundry. I can't believe you brought this up, you guys. We haven't talked about this before. <laughs> I started adding, I put, but I put on my girl power list. So I put on, sure. you know, Pandora girl power. I'm jumping around. People must think I'm a wild woman over here when I'm doing my laundry. Like, what is she doing? If you looked in my window, you would not even understand. But I'm just folding my underwear. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it feels so much more fun for me to infuse a little bit of play, a little bit of dance, a little bit of whatever. It doesn't feel as much like a chore. It's just just another moment in the day. So thank you for bringing that. Um, enhancement intention to this discussion that's so beautiful you bet well we've covered a lot of great topics I know that you and I could carry on for much much longer I'm gonna have to have you back on the podcast Katie to dive deep into some of these other things that that I know we want to share out but Mm -hmm. let's come to a close for today but I want to ask you how can people find you where can they follow you at we'll have it in the show notes let us know what you're up to and how they can find you well I am currently expanding my one-on-one coaching practice. I have been working with some men and women, and it has been so, so transformational. Of course, we're both new to the coaching realm in this regard. I've actually been a coach for, gosh, 
since about 2013, 2014. But this is a different capacity where I'm really honing in my ability to help individuals who really struggle with emotional eating, whether it's binge eating or restriction and or a combination of both. And this is just where my heart is because life is too darn short to be stuck in that struggle. Absolutely. So I am looking for some one-on-one coaching clients and I have an application process to um, just hop on a discovery call with me and we can get to know one another in a intimate private setting. I'm on Instagram. My handle is Katie underscore Warner 28 and I'm on Facebook. I have Katie Warner coaching. So those are really the two best ways to get a hold of me. Feel free to send a private message. Let me know what you thought of this podcast. And I would love to hear from any listeners. Oh, that's perfect. Perfect. We have two questions on Cup of Joy, the podcast that we ask people at the end. And I didn't did not preempt her to these questions. So here we go, oh, girl. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. All right. They're not hard. The first one is, what do you love most about yourself? Oh, oh, this I was honestly just reflecting on this because I love my ability to feel empathy and my sensitivity. Mm. I was always told as a kid that I was too sensitive and so I internalize that as a very bad thing and I've come to find that it is my superpower and I love that I am super empathetic and can often put myself in other people's shoes as a result can can usually see remain pretty reasonable in different discussions and when different topics are at hand. I love that you say that. I would have pinned you for that in a heartbeat. I do believe mm. it's your superpower and it's your gift to the world. So I'm so glad that you're able you were able to shift your story to that being an empath, being sensitive is a bad thing. It's just such an incredible gift that um, mm-hmm. we've been given. I actually I have to put this in the show notes, but I actually just got a book that I read every single morning and it's a devotional for empaths. And it's absolutely beautiful. I will get the title for you and our listeners and make sure that everybody can grab it. So if you are an empath, it really helps you harness. It's one page, a short little mantra for each morning, and it's really to help empaths grow. (laughs) So if you're a a feeler out there, just know that that is your gift to this world. There is nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with being a very deep feeler. We need the feelers Mm -hmm. in the world. So I Mm -hmm. love that that's your thing. Thank you for that. And the last question Mm -hmm. we ask is, what does joy feel like? Joy feels like a warm cup of hot chocolate sitting in front of a cozy fireplace. It feels safe. It feels expansive. It feels like home. It feels happy. Oh my gosh. I love that description so much. You make (laughs) me want to go take vacation at a little cozy cottage with my cup of hot cocoa because that does feel like joy. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Katie. I know this is so valuable for our listeners, and I love you to pieces. I love you, Heidi B. (laughs) All right, girl. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. You bet. Thank you. 
Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own junk to joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about Cup of Joy, the podcast, and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon.